It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Did you know that the very first NHL player of Indian descent scored five career goals for the San Jose Sharks? Well, it's true. Back at the Cow Palace in 1992-93, Robin Bawa proudly wore teal and brought a rugged brand of hockey to the Sharks organization. After not being drafted following a major junior career in the Western Hockey League, Robin went from Fort Wayne, Indiana to Baltimore, Maryland, and then to the Washington Capitals, where he scored his very first NHL goal in his second career game against Alan Chevrier and the Chicago Blackhawks. After continuing his pro career in the Vancouver Canucks organization, Robin was traded to the Sharks on December 15, 1992, in exchange for defenseman Rick Lassard. Robin played in 42 games in his one season in a Sharks uniform, which proved to be the vast majority of his NHL career. In his very first Sharks game on January 2, 1993, Robin faced his old team, Vancouver, and he picked up a critical game-tying goal in the third period off a pass from Ray Whitney. Dean Evison leading the way to center, just flips it inside. The Vancouver zone, Sharks completing a change now. Jason Moore on the point, gets it over to Dave Maley. David Maley feeds in the left wing corner. Ray Whitney in the Vancouver zone, back for Maley, into the corner. Right side of Whitmore to Robin Bawa. Being checked now by Didick. Bawa fell down, kept the puck in his stick, tried to get it to Maley, but lost it, and the Canucks will break it out. Leading the attack, defenseman Adrian Plavsic to the blue line. Made the drop pass, intended for Cron, knocked aside. Two on one break for the Sharks. It's Whitney and Bawa. Whitney stick handles in, in front, Bawa shoots, SCORE! Incredible goal scored by Robin Bauer. Robin Bauer, his first goal in his first game as a San Jose Shark. It's a 2-2 tie. Bauer's second career National Hockey League goal. That season was a tough one for Sharks fans as San Jose won only 11 of 84 games played. But one of those wins was on February 18, 1993, at the Cow Palace against the Winnipeg Jets. And in that game, Robin scored what proved to be the game winner. Winnipeg clears it back to center. 2.05 to go in the second period. Sharks leading 3 to nothing. Dean Kennedy nearly gave it away to Bowen. Does to Maley. Stick handles. In front, Bowen scores! play by Robert Bauer and David Maley. Maley stick handled around the defense and backhanded to the slot. Robin Bauer jams it in and Bauer's fifth goal of the year gives the Sharks the four to nothing lead with 158 to play in the second period. Robin received a warm welcome back from Sharks fans when he returned for a game at SAP Center recently and we had the opportunity to visit with him. Robin, it is great to visit with you. We haven't seen each other in a long time. We go back to the Cow Palace years together. You're part of a big portion of San Jose Sharks history, the time when this team was established and brought into the NHL, and you were part of those years in the Cow Palace. What are your thoughts as you come back here to SAP Center at San Jose for the first time in a long time to, to see where things have gone? Oh, it sure has changed a lot in the last 30 years, that's for sure. You know, the Cow Palace, you know, it, was, it, was a, it was a nice place in... Uh, 
there and the, the fan following was amazing when the, when the shark first started out i think it only held about ten thousand fans but you know you it was very hard to get a ticket and uh you know fast forward to today you know you you see how the buildings have changed and how the players have changed and hockey's come a long way well you've been a pioneer in a lot of different ways but one of the ones that people don't know about is you played for more than one team in california you played for the san jose sharks you played for the anaheim ducks you played for the san diego gulls and you played for the san francisco spiders i think that might be a record uh, it, w- it was probably four, four teams, <laughs> you know, in, the, in California. But you know, I would never really trade it for nothing because you know, playing playing in the West Coast uh, sure made uh, sure made you enjoy the game. Because once you're away from the rink, you come in, come to the practice in your shorts. You're done for the day. You can go golfing, do what you want to do. But uh, it's a very very beautiful place to live. Well, I remember even before that because I was broadcasting in New Haven in the American Hockey League when you were playing in Baltimore. I know you had a great relationship with those New Haven fans over the years, but uh, your 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 path really began in Western Canada when you had an opportunity to to play at a high level. Um, you played for some interesting coaches too. You played for Punch McLean. You played for uh, Ken Hitchcock. Um, give us an idea about some of the things you've learned from some of these coaches in the early years. Well, you know, hockey was a lot different. You know, back in the 80s and it is now, that's for sure. It's a different t- style, different style of coaching. Um, you know, I had actually I even had to be able to forge as a coach, and he was pretty strict and pretty pretty tough coach. And, you know, in U.S. with, with you know, McLean and Al Patterson there, and I think my game turned around when I had Ken Hitchcock. When Hitch, um, when he came to Kamloops and I played there for three years with, under Hitch, um, you know, he really mentored me, and uh, my game changed, and my game was all about checking and hard work, and Hitch really appreciated that and I think it just grew from there well also he, he found out you could score some goals too and that was something that was important that you could contribute to the team you obviously went to the American Hockey League a chance to play in Baltimore opportunity to come to the eastern part of the country establishing yourself but finally you, you, you get to play for Pat Quinn and at, at least have him be part of your organization he was the general manager of the Vancouver Canucks and he was a guy that kind of promised you maybe an opportunity. Give us a thought about uh, about that experience and what th- what that guy was like. Oh, Pat was an amazing person. You know, he just um, I was in Milwaukee started the year, and Kurt Fraser and Jack Markahugi were were coaching there, and I had the second most goals and second most penalty minutes. So they recommended me to Pat, and when I got to Vancouver, you know, Pat was gave me an opportunity there, and um, it was it was it was a f- fun time playing my hometown. That's for sure. And then I got I got. Um, Sent down back to Milwaukee. I came back for playoffs. I played in playoffs, and then the following summer, we were talking all all along that I was going to be in the team in Vancouver, training with the guys, and you know where it worked out was I got traded to San Jose, which 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 was great too. What about playing in Northern California? George Kingston, head coach of the team, playing at the Cow Palace, as you mentioned earlier. It was kind of a unique group of guys. You look at that that roster now, and you see some people that are among the leaders in hockey today. Oh, definitely. There's a lot of guys there. You know, Dougie Wilson, he was my roommate in Boston. We went on the road trip. We had a rookie party the night before. And Dean Everson, he's a good friend of mine still, is coaching in Minnesota. And I just actually had breakfast with him the other day when he came to Vancouver. And a lot of the guys are are still in the game, which is kind of nice to see. And when you, when you see, don't see these guys for 20, 30 years, and it's like it's been yesterday when you start talking. Well, they say that, that losing builds character sometimes when you go through it. But that year that you were with the Sharks set an all-time record, obviously. I remember the game against Winnipeg. It happened to be Doug Wilson's last NHL game, and that was the night that that the streak was finally broken. And the story I have always heard, and of course I was in the broadcast booth, I had no idea, was at the end of the game, some guys carried a garbage can around the locker room as if it was the Stanley Cup. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a good story. Oh, that's a good story, that's for sure. You know, we won that game, actually, and I still got the picture of there was 
myself, Jeff Rogers, and Dave Mealy on the bench celebrating, and uh, it was in the USA Today, so we made the USA Today. I forgot about that. That's a good story. We're talking with Robin Bauer, who was one of the original Sharks from the Cow Palace years. I want to ask you about your experience growing up being an Indian, playing in a largely white sport, and how difficult that was in the beginning, how long it took before guys started to embrace you essentially as a teammate. Well, it all started back in, you know, in 1974 when I was eight years old. I started um, playing actually soccer because my, my doctor told um, my mom that had asthma, so it put me in sports. You know, it'll help out. So I played soccer for a year, and, and then I was in grade three, I remember, and we were, we were at school, and, and you know, other kids were playing, other white kids were playing hockey, and there wasn't many Indian kids around at all, nonetheless playing hockey. So, you know, and I thought maybe I'm going to play, and, you know, a couple of them said, well, your kind doesn't play hockey, meaning, and I look back at it now, meaning that, that you're, your your nationality or your skin color doesn't play hockey so and i don't think there's any much harm who harm done by it but i just think that they didn't realize that that was a, maybe that was a true statement which it was so i told my dad my dad bought me a pair of skates the next day we went to the lake he'd get back about five o'clock he used to be a truck driver and he'd get back about four or five o'clock lakes used to freeze there so every day we skate about 10 feet i'd go 10 feet and then next day 20 feet and 30 feet my dad just had his shoes on so he'd just watch me and I was basically self-taught, and the following September is that's when I started playing uh, organized hockey. That's an incredible story, and, and, you know, it's a story that's told all throughout Canada with a lot of young kids. The fact that you were sort of a pioneer in that area also has to make you proud now when you see uh, just the growth of, of, of the number of Indians living in Canada and the U.S. The Bay Area is certainly a big part of that, but also the number of them that love and appreciate the sport. Oh, definitely. I think when you're in the midst of it, in, in the thick of things, you don't really think of being the first Indian NHL hockey player at all. You just, you know, you're, it's a matter of survival. And uh, when, when it's all said and done, you realize that, okay, that, you know, that is an accomplishment. And uh, it's something hopefully that, you know, you set the path for other, you know, minorities to, to play the, the game of hockey. All in all, though, don't you think that in general hockey has been, at least they've tried to be as an inclusive a sport as possible in the, in the general sense? Oh, definitely. It's, it's come such a long way. Uh, you know, the NHL's done such a good job in inclusion and equity, and I, I think they're going to keep doing this. I think it's even going to get better, and, and sooner or later there's going to be more ethnicities playing, playing the game, playing the NHL. Well, it's not just about that, obviously. It's about uh, your accomplishments, too, as a person. We've always thought that you were a, a leadership type of a person, but uh, you've gone on to become very successful in business. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that as well. Give us an idea of how much your hockey career kind of prepared you for what you're doing now. Well, you know, it's funny. We talk about that, you know, when you learn from hockey, the leadership roles. Like, you know, when I was 16, Dean Everson was, he was he was 19. You know, you learn from guys like him. You learn from guys like, you know, Dave Mealy, Jeff Rogers, you know, Doug Wilson. And, and you see these guys, how leaders, how much of a good leaders they are. And then you, you take that from the game of hockey and you, you apply it to business. And I think for us is why we're successful in business is because, you know, we treat everybody fairly and we treat, treat everybody equal. So when we teach them, f instead of, you know, we're teaching them all the time. We're always teaching whenever, you know, putting, degrading people or nothing like that. So it's a good good atmosphere. It's a good team team effort. Tell us about your business. So my dad and my uncle had this transport company for many, many years. And it was a family business. And, and 
when I retired from hockey in 99, I took a couple of years off and just was just kind of hanging out and enjoying life. And my dad gave me a call one day and said, okay, Rob, it's time to come home now. Learn the business, right? So I came back and the first few years, it, it, was, it, was, a, it was a struggle. But, you know, we, we were learning, learning about transporting. We transport uh, building materials and, and bulk materials all over Western Canada and Western U.S., all the way down to Oregon, sometimes California. And, um, you know, once you get to know what you're doing, it's, it's an enjoyable business. You're, 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 you're running the business as far as, uh, you know, you know as, 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 as an owner. And we, my cousin and I bought my parents out back in 2010, and we've owned it for about 12 years now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's quite, uh, quite fun. You mentioned that when your career was over, you, you just got away from it 100%. A lot of players go through that uh, almost a period of depression where they feel down. They're trying to find themselves. Did you go through some of that? Well, yeah. You kind of, you know, you, you, when you're on the ice, for, I started when I was eight. A lot of the, a lot of the kids, you know, they started when they were th two or three. So, But you're on the ice probably almost every single day, from even when you're about eight years old, because there was no spring hockey. It was just it was one continuous from September right till May. And you had a couple, couple of months off. And... And then it's when you hit 14, 15, 16, as a junior, you're playing, you're skating every single day, and you hit pro, you're, uh, you don't many days off, and then you're training all the time. So what when I was 33, I was a little burnt out. I know I had a couple of concussions my last year, and I got burnt out, and I just needed some time off. And, you know, some people, some players, they, they get right, they stick with the game, they get into coaching, scouting, which is, which, is, which is great. And I took 10 years off. So I took 10 years off, and I started skating after 10 years with uh, one of my boys, and he... Um, he, he he didn't. I don't know if I was worse skater than him or he was better than me. So <laughs> when you take some time off, it's tough. It's really tough. But you know, then I coached him for for about ten years, and and uh, they're both playing junior hockey right now. And so you know, it's time for me to be a dad and a fan now. One of us is in the Western Hockey League, and one of us is in the BC Junior League. Is that what it is now? Yes, yeah, correct. Caden's in the place for Swift Current in the WHL, and Arjun, he's only sixteen. He played in the BCHL for the Couching Capitals. So I'll have to get on the recruiting trail for college hockey for him. But in the meantime, he might, he might end up in the WHL too. Yeah, maybe he's drafted by Red Deer, so we'll see. I think sixteen was a little young for him to go to Red Deer this year, so he has to decide what he wants to do next year. What do you make it uh, for junior hockey, uh, giving special exemptions to young kids at a, at, at a really young age to go away from their home like that? Do you think it's a good idea? Well, you know, when I was 16 back in the 80s, it was it was young. It was really young to get away from, especially for a young Indian boy to leave home. No, no Indian parents sent their kids home right. before they're 20, or they sent them away to get married. That's all it was, right? right? So when I was 16, it was a big decision in my family to to. We had Bruce Harrelson actually. He was a, one of, he was a camel scout and a great guy. Came to our house and he told my parents and he was a straight up shooter and told us what it's gonna be like. And Doug Bodger was was gonna go that year too. My you know childhood friend from hockey and and Richard Hyde was already there. And he was a hometown boy too, so he was already there. So Doug was going. We were roommates, and my parents were a little more settled when they knew I was going to live with a business manager, Harvey Roy. Now Harvey was probably a little more strict even than my mother was. So you know, in in that respect, it, it, it was it was good. But you know, but the exemption rule, I think, you no, know, kids are a lot more mature nowadays. I think so. You know, like Connor uh, Bedard, like like we know him because our boys played against him right all growing up so you know he's an exceptional hockey player and f his 15 when he went last year even was is, 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 is amazing and it shows you how far ahead he is mat maturity wise than, than everybody else when you say you started getting back into coaching obviously you were coaching your boys and spending some time with them that had to be a really enjoyable experience for you oh definitely you know you you get to spend time with them right you get to spend time with them away from home i know you're at the rink and it's a diff different way of you're not really their dad you're their coach so in in that respect it's you know it's 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 fun it was fun 
What do you make of uh, what's gone on in San Jose since you left? Obviously, the team has uh, become an excellent team on the ice. They've gone to the Stanley Cup final. They've been to the conference final a whole bunch of times. And uh, and all of that was built by what you guys did in the Cow Palace. you got to be proud about that. Oh, so happy for their success. I think, you know, from the, the early days to now, I think, you know, um, Dougie Wilson's done an amazing job. Uh, you know, he has he made some bold trades, and you know, I I, I really like the moves he's made, and and it, and, it, and it showed on the on the ice. You know, if the, you know you're not going to be a champion every single year, but for, for for them, what they've done, you know, in the past 20 years, is it, he's done an incredible job. How has your relationship with the game changed? Well, I still, you know, when I stepped away from the game for 10 years, I kind of got tired of it. I was mentally drained, like you were saying, just mentally drained out. You just go through, you know. You want to get away from it, and then, then I came back, and you know, I'm, I'm really, I, I really enjoy watching hockey now. Really, from a different perspective, maybe, but I really enjoy. I follow it every, t- I follow it all the time. The boys are playing. I, I try to follow the players as much as I can, and and you know, we just love watching the game. What do you think about guys like Connor McDavid and uh, Nathan McKinnon, and, and the way that they're prepared to play in the National Hockey League? I, I I keep going back to when in the '80s it was a different style of game. It was more of a know bigger bulkier game and now you you have to skate you have to be agile you have to be move lateral north south and you, you the skill is the skill development that these kids have had in the last 10 years is just amazing just amazing also the fact that uh, you know teams like the sharks are keeping their american hockey league team close to home that's kind of a different way than it was done back in the day that's for sure most american hockey teams were back east in the east coast right and and now i think it it, it Hockey coming out to the West Coast is, you know, it, it, it just it's just good to see. You know, you have the farm teams that are close by here, San Diego, and and now Palm Springs is going to be close by. And and it, I think the game has has grown so much here since since Gretzky came down to LA. But it, I think it still has lots more room to grow, and it's easier for the younger players too when you're not traveling four hours across, you know, the the country in the three hour time difference when you can get called up and you're only an hour away. We're speaking with Sharks alumnus Robin Bawa, who scored five goals in a San Jose uniform and played for the team back in the years at the Cow Palace. So many people have emigrated to the Bay Area from all over India, and obviously they're falling in love with the game of hockey. What are your thoughts on being part of that growth? I think it's I think it's great. I think it's one portion of the game where it's growing. I think that, and like you said, the Indian population here is, is increasing every year, and you know, you're seeing more and more young Indian kids playing hockey, and hopefully, you know, within the next 10, 20 years, you'll see a few more of them in the NHL. What a lot of people don't realize, too, is that India is a country that is extremely diverse with backgrounds of people. Oh, definitely. There's there's lots of different types of Indians, too, right? You know, the, the, you know, I'm my, my grandpa, you know, he came over in 1906 to, to Canada. He came from a state called Punjab, mm-hmm. and... Uh, so he was one of the first pioneers to come come to Canada, and you know, and they've been coming ever since. And and you know, it's 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 a good thing. So, Punjab is is a, is a state where there are a lot of people that have come to the United States. A lot of them were in farming, as I remember, or or other types of industries like that. Um, but you have that group, and then you have the group that's uh, that's in the eastern part of India or the southern part of India. Totally different background. Oh, definitely. You know, like, like when my grandpa came over, it was farming. It was it was forestry. Um, I think in the, in the early 1900s, it was more forestry, and everybody worked at the mills, and then they started, you know, buying mills, and and then the, the farmers started coming over in the, in the 40s, 
you know, in the 40s and farming was big. And now, now we, you know, in the 90, 80s, 90s, you know, 2000s are all about technology. You know, all, all the, and they're well educated when they come over here and, and they get into technology and they've done very well financially. And, and that's just where a lot of the, their kids are getting opportunities in sports because hockey is an expensive sport. But, you know, when, when you can financially afford it and uh, with the help of, you know, all the minor hockeys I- leagues in the, in, in the areas, you know, it's a lot more kids coming in. You can still get out uh, on the pond and skate, but a lot of the kids like to have the uniforms. It's sort of like baseball in the United States. They all have to have the fields and the uniforms and so forth, which is where the most organized hockey is played. But yet, when you get out on the pond, there's a certain freedom that a lot of kids say that they feel. Is there still a sense of that where you are? I think so. I think definitely there's a, there's a feel. That's a, that's a good question, too, because hockey nowadays is very structured. There's systems, there's this or that, there's, you know, there, there's... There's Corsi, there's people knowing, watching you all the time, and you get yeah. reports after the games. But when you're playing pond hockey, you get to just show, own your skills, and you get to just, like I said, you know, it's, it's more freedom, more freedom on the ice. is like three-on-three. Three. And that's just sometimes where, you know, people you know, argue, well, sometimes in the summertime they should let go play three-on-three three in some, some structured hockey school because when you're playing three-on-three, three, it enables you to try different things and, and, and work on those skills that you may not be able to do. What do you think the future uh, of the sport of hockey is, not only for, for any kids, but also for the Indian community? Well, I think there's opportunity there. I think there definitely is lots of opportunity there. If you, if you, if you want to put in time and, and the work, you know, it's, I think that's the, in anything in life, I guess, right? You've you, you got to put in the time and effort, and uh, you, can, you can achieve, you know, basically whatever you want. But I, I, my message is for kids to be athletes, right? When you're young, be an athlete. Don't just be a one-dimensional player, right? You, if you can play you know, basketball, soccer, hockey. Um, then when it's time to pick a sport when you're 11, 12, 13 years old, then you're more of an athlete and you're ready to go. But back to the topic we were just talking about, don't you also have to remind everybody to make sure you have fun? Oh, definitely. You know, definitely. I, you know, my dad, he, he wasn't from, he didn't have any history of sports. So his, his contribution to the team when I was young, this is in minor hockey, he, he would drive the bus because he was the only one that had a class one license. So he, his country was driving the bus and, and my parents didn't really, they didn't really, um, we know hockey as well as some of the other parents, right? So, so they their non non pressure approach, you know, let me love the game. When you look back uh, in final analysis about your time with the San Jose Sharks and in the state of California, what do you remember the most? Well, you know, I think the the camaraderie, the camaraderie the team had. I think the guys in the team were, were just amazing. I think every one of them that you meet and you, and, you, and you've met years going forward. You know, in that part, you know, with with George coaching and 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 Doug, Doug leading the team, and you know, right down to to the young guys. I think that that part, you know, the team camaraderie was one of the biggest things. And and the, the state of California, the way they followed the fans, the way they followed the, the team around, and and it was so popular. The tickets were hard to get, and the fans are so loyal. It was it was good. Yeah, it sure is. And you mentioned George Kingston. He he was a unique individual, wasn't he? Oh, definitely. He sure was. You know, he, he he's almost a little bit ahead of his time back then because he had a different style of coaching, and and uh, you know, he, he was a lot of the players liked him. Yeah, he he also seems to have a kind of a visionary look at where hockey was going. As you mentioned, he talked about uh, trying to utilize uh, analytics with players. He wanted to talk about conditioning. He wanted to talk about. Uh, um, trying to be a better hockey player every day. Are those uh, some of the values you still have uh, in terms of, of how you encourage your kids to play? Oh, definitely. I think definitely you have to work on things in practice. You know, George was part of Hockey Canada for a while, so he, 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 he knew the game. And, you know, everything I've taught from, you know, from Hitch to, to George to Pat Quinn, you know, you always try to push that forward to your kids and, and tell them that every day is a new day. You know, if you make a mistake, you can't do nothing about it. You have to go improve and do better. 
Well, Robin, I'm really, really excited to see you. First of all, we, we don't get to see each other that often, but I'm very proud of, of you and your wife and family. You've done so well for yourself, and you really represent the San Jose Sharks well. We always remember your pioneering times, and we appreciate the time that you've spent with us, and thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Robin Bawa was part of the rough and tumble early years in Sharks history, and it's been great visiting with him. I'm Dan Rusinowski. Join me next time for another episode of Where Are They Now?